And we're back, baby. Welcome back to Bar Talk Podcast. Um, I'm Adam, your host. Blake and Ryan with me again tonight. I'm not sure where Andrew is. If anybody finds him, let us know. But uh, we're here again. Um, Corona's not stopping the podcast. We are not six feet apart. Um, maybe three. That's so true. Might be an issue. <clears throat> I'm pretty confident we don't have it though. I've, I've been oh, I've been exercising. I feel like I wouldn't be able to do that. You have been too, Blake. So I'd be like, if we can exercise, we're probably we're probably we're probably okay. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say, buddy. So last week we talked about a lot about online class. So how's online class going for you, gentlemen? Blake, start with you. It's been going all right. Um, thanks for asking, Adam. I had a I had a midterm on Monday, first day back, so that was definitely not ideal, but got her over with. Um, it's been a little strange, you know, all the teachers just trying to figure out how to use all the online resources. It's been kind of a mess. It's just a little bit, I'm kind of sad inside if I'm being honest, but you know, we're rolling with the punches. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, it's been good. I had, um, two tests, uh, just this last week. Um, one of our teachers got mad because all the grades were really high, but all the questions were from Quizlet. So I don't know. What he expected. A good student like you wouldn't utilize anything. Of course like. not. I just knew it all anyways. <laughs> but I don't understand that. Um, but it is what it is. You know, so. Whole team testing never hurt nobody. Adam, so. how's your week been? You know, it's been good. It's always an adjustment. You know, getting to the online grind. I only have one class that's still like at the same time. Live Zoom. In my professor's kitchen. Him just chilling. He's got one of those cool, like, total dad headsets. It's like the headset and then the little speaker down oh, to yeah. the face. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the first time we came on Monday morning, it was just, <laughs> I was so glad my mic was muted because I just started dying. <laughs> but, you know, it's been a fun time. Got some tests next week, so it should be interesting to see how those are administered. But What are you drinking over there, Adam? Uh, you know, we got a little Jim Beam and Coke tonight. Um, Where did the Jim Beam come from? So, it came out of my... Fridge and Lawrence. I'm not really sure how long it was in there, but you don't have to worry about that without call. So when I was up there moving my stuff, I was like, man, you know what? Even there's about a fourth left, I'm still bringing it home, and I'm glad I did because it's working well tonight. Just some aged whiskey, you know, that's all it is. Exactly. Like fine wine. <laughs> I got a blue moon over here, nothing crazy. Throwing it back to the first episode. It's yeah. a classic. Yeah, and I, I snatched one from Blake, so... No, that's okay. Also at the Blue Moon. <laughs> Blue Moons are in business tonight. Mm. All right, well, tonight I think we're going to get into bar culture is going to be the main topic. Um, it should be interesting. Let's have some fun. Uh, so pull up a stool, grab a beer, and let's talk. Welcome to Bar Talk. Woo! All right, so before we get into it, we're going to be talking about the Lawrence Bars tonight, specifically the triangle, um, the hawk, the bull, and the wheel. And We've kind of had a very interesting news story come out this week. Um, Blake, if you want to hit on it, kind of scary, really, but crazy to think what could have happened. Sure. Um, I would say just basically a, a brief overview of the story was there was an almost, I don't know if you call it a mass shooting, but there was almost a shooting in the uh, the Lawrence Bar Triangle on uh, just off campus on Ohio Street. Uh, the article just basically goes through that there was an 18-year-old who um, 
after an argument and altercation, went to the trunk of his car and got out an AK-47, loaded with 30 bullets, and was prepared to start shooting down Ohio Street on a, uh, a busy night at the bars. So just that, the thought of that is just crazy, that if something like, if that he was able, you know, to pull that off, just how differently the year would have been going right now. Yeah, I think one, one thing that's really interesting is... Um, just like this story kind of went under the radar. Um, the only reason I heard about it is a couple of our pledge brothers sent it in and our group me. Um, other than that, I didn't hear anything about it and just like how, like, like you said it, how different it would be if something had happened. And I don't know, um, lead you to kind of question the purpose of the triangle, the severity and all that stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I don't know. I think raises some questions. Yeah, so you sure. bring up an interesting point about our pledge class, talking about that a little bit because one of our pledge brothers actually... Um, I don't know if he saw it in person. Saw I think he said he saw the guy in the bar, and then also he, he saw, saw the chaos. Yeah, he saw the chaos of him getting arrested, all that stuff. And when he came back and told people about it, people didn't even believe him. That that it seems so out of the question that something like that could happen in Lawrence. That it wasn't even a believable story. Well, that kind of goes with how all mass shootings seem to be. You know, like everyone's like, "Oh, that can't happen somewhere where I am until it does," yeah. but. Yeah, thank, thankfully it didn't. That would have been yeah. scary times. Yeah. But big shout out to the police just for catching that one. I yeah, always, you know, it always. I don't know. I'd always be paranoid whenever I saw a cop in that area, and I don't know. But think about it a little bit glad, differently now. Yeah, kind of yeah. glad they're there now. <laughs> yeah, they stopped that one for sure. But so I think we want to kind of transition with that point, um, just to the entire ethics of the you know the bar triangle. Uh, in Lawrence and just what we think about that. So I don't know, Adam, you want to start us off? Do you have any, any opinions about the morality of how the bars are ran? You know, it's tough because ultimately, you know, kids in college are going to drink. So I think it, it just depends where I think I was looking, um, I should be able to pull it up. So this KU statistic, um, it's from spring 2015, but it says, 73% 73% of KU students reported the use of alcohol within the last 30 days. Hmm. So obviously most students drink and you could probably argue a bar is one of the safer places to drink, I would think, um, just because it's more, I don't know, I would say regulated. And especially at the Hawk, it's so busy, you're going to get drink every 30 minutes. So you're not going to be able to go too crazy there but yeah i'd agree with you that's a great point because it's not like you you raise a good point it's not uh if but where and so i think a bar is not a terrible place for that to go on all things considered but at the same time you also have to realize that you're letting in sometimes 16 17 18 year old um, boys and girls with very limited drinking experience into an area with um, lots of older guys, older girls that are a little bit more experienced. So, I mean, it's just kind of, and not to say that wouldn't happen at a fraternity or sorority, but it's just, it just kind of is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I agree. I think you made a good point there that not necessarily even everybody in the Hawk is going to be in college either. You know, there Mm -hmm. are high school students in the surrounding areas that um, manage to nagle their way in there and not like it's too hard but <laughs> not like <laughs> yeah. it's too hard but that's i don't know that's the biggest red flag for me like one i i get it it's one thing if you're in college um and you're at the bars but i don't know the high schooler i ain't got no business being in there in my opinion that's just me that's why i think it's so funny when they make you show your ku id it's like that's really basically your id to get in there i mean yeah. anything else you're getting in 
But, yeah, I mean, I agree. Hopefully you can keep high schoolers out of your bar. But who knows? It's just so interesting to me to think about how each bar has their own unique bar culture. And I think that's something we'll get into here. But kind of, I don't know, it seems like they all kind of set their own expectations on what type of audience they want inside their bar. Absolutely. We were were talking about this before we got started. But just even in the three, when you're talking about, you know, the hawk, the bull, and the wheel – that their demographic is entirely different that obviously everyone knows if you're young, underage, freshman, you're going to go to the Hawk. Bull's kind of in the middle and then the wheel's the older bar. And then even if we're going on mass sandbar, you're not going to set foot in there if you're tw- if you're not 21. Yeah. So it's just how is there so much like variety in who they're letting in? It's just crazy to me that even, even Lawrence versus another college town, it seems that we are so much more lenient about letting kids into our, our bar scene for whatever reason. Yeah. And I mean, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but how easily could the Lawrence PD roll into the Hawk on a, any given Friday night and give out 100 MIPs? They could do that like that if they wanted to. And even even the university could probably shut down, get find a way to shut down the bars. But it's like, why aren't they? Is there, I mean, is there something going on? I don't know. What do you think, Adam? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That might be a a little bit something to get into here later. But, yeah, it's just crazy to think, I don't know, the culture is just so interesting because we can compare KU and K-State here in that, and K-State has such a different bar culture that they do have, some people do try, but, you know, Adam, good example, uh, got his ID taken in Manhattan, and Lawrence, I've never really had a problem with it. So it's just something that, like, I've always just wondered how that culture is formed, and I just keep coming back to, as a business, say in Manhattan, why we would want to be strict, which makes me lead to there's something else in play there. I would have to agree with you. It does not make sense. If you're a bar you want to make money, you're a business, and obviously there are laws and regulations that you have to follow, but if you're looking at Lawrence and the Hawk, for example, the amount of money that they're making on 18, 19, and 20-year-olds going there every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, is just absolutely insane. And when you compare that to Manhattan, where Adam's getting his ID taken, there's something there, you know? And I don't think it's, as much as I would love to believe it's the morality of the owners, I'm going to go out on a ledge and say that's not it. So if that's not it, then what is it? And that's a, I, it would have to be, in my opinion, money, um, governance. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have guys come home, wake up the next morning, like, oh, how much? How much did I spend on the last night? And then just, yeah. So if they get you in the door, they're going to get some bucks from you. All right, welcome back to the second edition of Question of the Week. Um, we had a, a lot of questions submitted, so we thanked sure every, all of our listeners uh, for submitting lots of very good questions. Um, so in the essence of time, we're going to choose two. Um, the first one comes from dedicated listener Scott Van Kiersbilk. Um, shout out Scott Van, wherever you are right now. Um, he said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how seriously is Gleason taking online classes? I'll let you guys answer for me before I answer. I would, I would, have, to, I would have to guess probably in the 6 to 7 range. Wow, I think I'm impressed with that. 6 to 7 range. I think you're normally on, 
on a normal, you know, school semester, I'd say you're probably about a nine. So I think we've dropped down a little bit, <laughs> not too much. He's Tier still two, getting, right? Uh, still getting his work done, <laughs> yeah. but it's a little questionable sometimes. Yeah, Gleason, you, you're a hardworking man. I see you down in language level a lot. Um, so definitely agree. <laughs> definitely probably around a nine during the real school mm. year. It's got to drop to at least a five to six though during five online. to six. Mm. You can you can <laughs> give some piss poor effort on all my classes <laughs> and be all right. So I know Gleason is he's a smart man. He's gonna. Uh, work uh, smarter, not harder. So, I've you know I've to answer the question. I've been trying to be more casual about it. You know, it's an online class. It's not as big of a deal, but the stress is still there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> shit's still got to get done. <laughs> shit's still got to get done. So, I'd probably say seven or eight. I mean, definitely not putting in as much time as I would. A school. I appreciate you guys going low. That makes yeah. me feel good. Yeah. Makes me feel cool. But um, you know, thanks for the questions, Scott Van. Um, I guess a better answer would be uh, definitely taking it more serious than my fellow civil friend Brody Jacobson. So um, shout out Brody. We're gonna help you get this lab report done. Um, but a little bit more serious than he is. But he lives life way funner than I do. Um, so the second question we're gonna take. Um, it's from Zach Marceau, a uh, fellow comrade who was actually tested positive to coronavirus. <laughs> oh, that's why he's not here. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we wanted to bring him on, but just couldn't do it. HR wouldn't allow it. So um, he had a good question, very uh, important question. I know a lot of our listener, listeners have been thinking about this if they have the symptoms. Um, they said, he said, how did GBs affect my coronavirus survival chances? Um, as we know, it's gets in your lungs and, you know, GBs probably might affect your lungs a little bit, but uh, what's the scientific answer here? Yeah, being the uh, medical expert. Um, really Chief the, medical expert. <laughs> yeah, really, really the only reason I got started on the podcast and I'm just sticking around until Shaw gets back, I guess, but um, I'm going to have to go ahead and go out on a whim and say it's probably not ideal. Um, is it as bad as smoking cigarettes? Probably not. I'm gonna count you there, Ryan. So, what do you, you know, what do you do? You want you want your muscles to get big. What do you do? <laughs> you train them. Uh, you you, train go, them. you <laughs> work them out. You go to the gym. You lift weights, right? Of course. And so, if you want your lungs to be strong, what do you do? Probably GBs. go to the gym and run. <laughs> no, you GBs. I'm running. I'm not doing GBs. Marcel, I think if anyone, you are the most prepared to take on this virus. That is my answer to the question. Um, and he's a couch animal. He's like, <laughs> no big deal. He's got Fortnite and he's got the lungs prepared by the GBs. Marceau, if there's anybody to get the corona, it's you. And you've been killing it this whole time. We've been thinking about you, but... Um, That's great. He'll be, he'll be the experiment. We'll see what happens with Marceau. I mean, that's a good point, though. Like, think about your first GB. It hurts pretty hard. Second GB gets a little bit easier and easier. Training your lungs. And that's all it is. Exactly. You need to try one of these GBs sometime. Next podcast. <laughs> <Marcel>. Next podcast. <laughs> all right. Thanks for the questions, guys. Um, we'll get go ahead and get started back on the podcast. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy. So, as far as kind of moving into the governance side of it. So, the Lawrence Police Department does like to make their trips to the triangle, especially on busy nights. Um, and they can enter as they please uh, and kind of, they know at the Hawk, they're definitely going to find what they're looking for. Um, <laughs> Reasonable. So I was thinking, so I, I looked up some data here. So in 2018, there were 281 minor impossessions in Lawrence and 268 fake ID charges. You got to imagine, I'm thinking around 200 of those are at the Hawk, 
it's got to be crazy high. Yeah. I don't know if Lawrence has something. It would be kind of interesting data if you could obtain the location data on that but sure. maybe maybe some of them are coming from legitimate restaurants um but they I do like say... I've, I've heard um you know they do like to go to um where are some of the margarita you know like me ranchito i'm the, what's uh what's the big Salinas. one more Salinas. 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 Yeah. yeah yeah they had a big couple months there where they would raid there yeah so a good portion could come from there yeah you just have to wonder the thing is that i just keep thinking about is i think someone mentioned this earlier but if they wanted to clear that place out, if they wanted to go to every exit at the Hawk and say, you're filing out one by one and we're going to check your ID and they could hand out 200 MIPs in a single night, they could do that but easily. Then what would happen the next night? Yeah, exactly. But Nobody's they going to be there. But they don't. So it's yeah, like, right. why, so like yeah. why don't they? You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, I just can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, it's crazy. So I think that leads into <laughs> Adam's hot take. <laughs> Fire hot take here. So I've just nope, kind sound of been, the alarm, sound the alarm. <laughs> been observing the last couple of years in my experience, and I believe there is something between the Lawrence Police Department and the Jayhawk Cafe, also known as the Hawk. Um, it just seems like a perfect balance where the Hawk is allowed to let anyone in, but then the police department is also allowed to come any night they want, grab a few people. Write a few MIPs. Not too many, though. Not too many. Not too many to make sure that people don't come, but just enough that they can write some MIPs, get some fine money coming in, put them on diversion, make some more money. It just seems like quite the perfect balance to me that, I don't know, it just seems a little fishy. It seems a little bit too fishy to me. I think, like I just mentioned, it has too much to do with the, the perfect amount. They're giving enough MIPs out where they can say they're doing their job. They can show the state of Kansas that they're patrolling, you know, underage drinking. But it's not enough to affect the business of any of the bars and let alone really cut into their profits. So I don't want to go out on a ledge and say that they are getting some little kickback from the triangle. But I would not be too surprised. Yeah, it's just it seems like a perfect match made in heaven to me business deal. I mean... Not that the police needs this to survive. I don't think that. But I think it's a nice... They know underage kids are going to be there. And they, you could see them talking to the Hawk and be like, all right, we're not going to... Because it's hard for me to believe that the police can't go to the Hawk and say, you got to stop letting in everyone. You think they could be part of some sort of regulation, which leads us to Manhattan. There's got to be a regulation there that says, if you let certain people in, we're going to get fined. And there even has been rumors that... The Hawk does get fined, but they make so much money, it's just a drop They the shift yeah. owners, shift management, something like yeah. that. There's some sort of loophole. There's got to be, because what the Hawk is doing, it it, ha- it's, it is illegal. I think I think anybody <laughs> on the outside can look at that business and say, that is not legal, that is not by the books. So there's got to be a way that they're getting around that, right? I there's, think an entirely different conversation, too, is the way that they... Uh, handle and pay their employees. Yeah, that that's entirely that we could do an entire episode on that. That's yeah, entirely we, different conversation. But the fact that none of them are on a real payroll, it is they're getting cash in in the night and then they're cashing them out in the same night. There's no sort of um, like paperwork, anything like that. What, no what's paper, it called? No paper trail. Yeah, no paper trail. What's paper it called again? Trail. What do they call them? Uh, the employees? No, the uh, the employees like. Uh-oh. 
contract workers. Yes. Contract, yeah, I don't know exactly what it's Day called. Workers. Day workers. Some, some like legal that. loophole where they don't have to file any paperwork. So just that in itself is pretty shady to me, all cash. And there's no, if you think that they're registering that in their books to pay taxes on, you are crazy. I'd love to see those books. <laughs> I'm not an accounting major, but those things are probably cooked. Yeah, so I think, I mean, the big question that we're talking about here and we want you guys to discuss at home as well is just what makes a bar culture and what decides them how they want to act and what is the role of government in that and do they have a big say in how strict they're going to be on who they let into their establishment? I think that's a great question. I think another question I want to ask the two of you is do you think that the owner owners of the hawk the wheel, the bull, are, should be on the hook for that. Do you think that they have an ethical, moral obligation to be more... They Obviously, they know what they're doing. Do you think that they have a moral obligation to not do that because they know that they are enabling young and impressionable kids into a drinking culture? You know, it's hard because you'd think, but I, I just think when you're running a business like that and if they're... A, Again, it goes back to if you're allowed to do it, why not? Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, you want your bar to be full. And let's let's think about coming into the fall semester of college. About a quarter of the university is 21. I mean, throughout that fall semester, you're getting the junior class turning 21. Mm-hmm. But you really have the seniors. So you got to like, a, yeah. if you're just going to rely on the senior class to fill your bars, it's not going to happen. And especially with the culture that's been created in the triangle, because not too many seniors are there, especially at the especially Hawk. Hawk yeah. So it's almost something where, like, to be able to survive, but then, you know, then you go back to Manhattan again. How do they survive when they have such a strict culture? But, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think about. So it, it makes sense, honestly, business wise, if you want to get the most people in there, you need to have access to all the demographics at the university, which a majority of the people going out to the bars are actually under 21, which is kind of... You make an excellent point. I really never considered that, you know, in the fall semester, you're talking about probably around 25% of the student population yeah. is of age. I've never really even considered that, but that's that's 100% true. Yeah. I like what you're saying. If you're thinking of a strictly capitalistic point of view, you are going to want to make as much money as possible and... It's all about the cost-benefit analysis, right? If you are benefiting from all these students in your bar, and they're all spending money because they're getting drunk, and the drunker they are, the more money they're going to spend, right? That's why I bought all and those. And a $5 cover to yeah, get in. Yeah, that's why I bought all those. They have all those specials. And then if your cost is just like a measly $5,000 fine, you can live with that. Yeah. Is that ethical, on the other hand? I think that's a different story. From a business capitalistic point of view... I agree 100%. However, yeah. is it ethical? That's a whole other question. I think an entirely separate caveat too is like they have to understand if they don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. So I don't know if that makes it right, but I think that would maybe make it a little bit easier that yeah. if, if the Hawk closed tomorrow, someone else would buy it and start something else up. So Probably. I don't know. Does that With- make it right though? I don't know. Because <laughs> obviously it's been proven that it's allowed to run a yeah. business like this. Based yeah. on what's going on. And if on the Lawrence. police are okay with it, it must be somewhat ethical, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's just crazy to think that the biz- the police in the city lives that leaves that up to the company or the bar to figure that out themselves about how strict they want to be. Yeah. 
Adam, do you want to contrast just for some of our listeners who haven't been to a bar in Manhattan, what your experience was like? Contrast, for example, just the hawk versus the bar that, or your your experience in Manhattan. Yeah. So, in Lawrence, you know, being there three years, especially, and now we've been focusing a lot on the hawk. I mean, the bull and the wheel. There's definitely get some more butterflies in your stomach walking up there. <laughs> um, but the hawk usually feel pretty confident because about half the time you know the person looking at your ID. <laughs> And the other half of the time, they look about one or two years younger than you. So yep. you're going to hope that they're going to let you in. Um, but in Manhattan, it was definitely a different experience. Um, a lot more fear. Walked up to him, gave it to him, and he just knew right away. He's like, this is fake. And I'm like, uh, no, it's not. And then he gave it to his manager. He's like, yeah, I could try. So it's just like they – I don't know. It was just like – but. It was so weird because they felt so like excited to take it from me. And I'm like, I'm trying to give your business money here. Like mm-hmm. that's all I want to do is come in and give you money. But they were like especially the manager. It was like he was the type of guy that like he lives to take IDs. And I'm like, this just makes no sense. I'm just trying to compare these two completely different places, both college towns, but just such complete different experiences. Literally an hour away, which yeah. is crazy. It's, I, it's shocking to me that it can be so different. Yeah. And they're so close. Yeah. And it's so similar. Do either of you guys know how other colleges are? Or is KU like an anomaly in terms of the bar scene? Or are I, I other colleges pretty similar to K-State, KU? I, think, I just don't know. I think having a bar scene in general, especially the bar scene at KU, is not normal. Not even just the age restriction. Uh, like or just, I, th- I think in. the Hawk is an anomaly. Yeah, it just, anomaly. yeah I think yeah. it is. Cause, and not only that, it's just like the fact that I don't think a lot of colleges have bars that close to campus, like so accessible. I think that is not a normal thing. Yeah. In my understanding, talking to our friends who go to other schools, yeah. that is not normal. It's mostly fraternity sorority parties house parties yeah and then yeah. once you're 21 then you can yeah. start going out to um actual bars so I, I don't think that lawrence is normal in that regard yeah yeah and I, i'm sure there are places around the country but i think that'd be a really interesting study to look into what universities have a looser bar scene in terms of underage and a stricter bar scene but then it all goes back to the question of what creates that culture and it's just something really interesting to think about but, I mean, at the end of the day, we go back to our very first episode. We shouldn't have to be dealing with this in the first place. Hmm. It'd make more sense if you could just go when you were 19, 18. Um, maybe you had a different wristband to get beer, but whatever. That's a whole different selective thing. But um, kind of really interesting conversation. I had. Any final thoughts from you guys? I don't think I have anything too much, too much else to add besides that. I just think it's, I think it's a little suspicious, a little sus what's going on. And I don't think it's bad, necessarily, but I, I'm surprised that it's gone on this long without a hiccup. So I'll be interested to see if there is a hiccup in the future. Yeah, can't say anything else. I think we brought up a lot of good points. Um, but yeah, it's about all I got. Can't say I go to the Hawks super often and so <laughs> really know these days, but... Definitely, we can't... The one thing we can all agree on is there are some good memories at that place. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a <laughs> shout-out. Um, but yeah, hopefully... Interesting conversation tonight. Keep it going. I know we're in, on mostly in somewhat of quarantine, so get this conversation. Go with your parents. They were KU grads. See what it was like back for them. But uh, thanks for listening. 
Um, one quick programming note is we are now on Apple Podcasts and oh, Google Podcasts. Whoa, I didn't know that. Hey. Um, there we go. So if you want to find us, Bar Talk Podcast, give us a listen if you're not a big Spotify person. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Um, but if you're on Spotify, keep it going with us. Uh, we'll can be I, here. Can I add something real quick? Yeah. Ryan, Ryan's begging for a full-time spot here. Yeah. So it, I, need, I need a freaking salary increase. This is crap. Shaw, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know how much money they paid you, but you need to tell me because I need that salary. Yeah, if anyone finds Shaw, please let us know. Um, <laughs> we're going to try and locate him, see if we can get his ass in here at some point. But, uh, yeah, anyways, thanks for listening. Um, that's all for us. Follow us on Instagram at Bar Talk Podcast. Yeah. Um, keep submitting us those questions and we'll see you next week.